Hi, I'm Harry. And I'm Simon. Together we sell all sorts of antiques and collectibles from our two auction houses in Windsor and in Devon. But where do the items come from? Join us as we chat about house clearances, our weird and wonderful finds, and interview others in the antiques and auction trade, and if we're honest, just about any other topic that happens to come to mind. Uh, welcome back to The Gavel and the Gabble. It's me, Harry, and I am joined by... Is that my bit? That's your bit. It's Simon here from... Where am I from? Say it, Harry. You're from Devon. And what does that rhyme with? Absolutely nothing in my life that I'm going to say <laughs> out loud. <laughs> the spoil sport. Uh, is that my bit? Is that So now you've got the heaven and is it that my bit? Is the... Yeah. So we're 30 seconds in and we're going to have a row about the fact that you've got to find a new catchphrase. I love my catchphrase. <laughs> I'm sticking with it. I think it's. I think it will go viral. I don't know okay. what that means. <laughs> no idea if you need pills for it or what, but I think it will go viral. Excellent. Oh, actually, talking about things that go viral. Oh, really? Yeah. We have, um, we've got a challenge for you because you like your challenges. And all over TikTok and things like that, there is the one chip, because you've got a cast iron constitution, the one chip challenge. What are you talking about? It doesn't matter. Google it. The plan is after our next auction, we're going to do the one chip challenge with you and it will be recorded and put up on all our socials. For those of you who listen to the podcast and think this is a good idea, I'll put a little poll on Instagram for you. And you can vote uh, for Simon. You want me to eat, eat one chip? Yeah, yeah. Well, how can that be? It'll be fine. Uh, by the way, was that Bert's? <laughs> yeah, that was Bert's. <laughs> I heard Bert's. <laughs> dear listener, I've, my dog, I've been away on, um, I've been on a little holiday, and my dog has managed to smash open the door of a room I've hidden myself in and is just showering me with love and affection and doing his ears and all that sort of stuff. So, and I've just oh, been giving Simon a hard time. But can you get his kids out of the background? <laughs> so I, I write in it now because my dog's completely <laughs> oh, let me down. Has Bert's got separation anxiety? He did have separation anxiety. Oh, yeah. bless him. He's the sweetest, daftest dog on the planet. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't ring him every day from where we were, but yeah, it was very funny. But there you go. So what is the chip chop challenge? The one about? chip challenge. It's a hot chip. I'll order it, sort it out, you can do it, it'll be great. Well, what have I got to do? <laughs> You've got to eat the chip. Well, how hard's that? <laughs> there you go. Moving on. How's your week been? I've been away. How's your week been for most of it, in any case? Fabulous. Absolutely <laughs> fabulous. Calm, relaxed. I mean, it's just been, I mean, highly productive. <laughs> I took a transatlantic flight and your life's been complete. Oh, it's just been, I mean, I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on <laughs> what has made it such a relaxed, uh, pleasurable place, you know, to work. I, I don't know. It's just, you know, it must, maybe it's the autumnal breeze that's sweeping through the beautiful hillsides of Devon. I don't know. I don't know. It's just been great. Unbelievable. No, we've missed, I mean, don't get me wrong. We've missed you. We really, really have. Um, I have one, I want to share one holiday anecdote which will make you laugh because of the size of my rather pathetic ego. Yes, we're all aware of that. Go on then. Yes, exactly. So I'm at Heathrow, toddling along, 
I'm not dressed in, you know, shirt and tie and all the rest of it, as in I'm going to work. You're in your Bermuda shirt. I mean, I mean, I mean, well, no, I actually, I would describe what I travelled to uh, America in as a big baby grow. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I was in some sort of hoodie tracksuit type combination. Any case, so you go through security and everybody's been talking about how bad all these things are at the uh, airports. And it was absolutely fine. Just little queues at both ends and all of that. But in any case, at Heathrow, going through security, long twisting line, and I just enter the line and three twists in front of me, and I've got my my little travelling party with me, a guy leans backwards and goes, hey, it's the auction guy. Get out. Really? I kid you not. And I was giggling to myself and going, he has definitely got the wrong person. <laughs> he has definitely got the wrong person. And I looked over my shoulder and then he's pointing at me. He goes, you're the auction guy. And I went, oh, God. Oh, and I was thinking, all... this is awkward. It's half six in the morning or half five in the morning or something. And I'm thinking, I'm toast. He's going to really rip into me. He was absolutely charming, really lovely. Um, apparently listens to the podcast. Well, and how did he recognise you, pray tell? Uh, no, he's he has attended uh, one of our auctions. And um, apparently and has seen us doing when we were the auctioneers on a TV show. Did he ask about me? That's all I need to know. Listens to the podcast. So he was asking about this because I was like, who are you? And he said, oh, yeah, no, I came to the auction because there was something I want to look at. And you're the auction guy and you two sit up there together and you're very funny. And I was like, OK. So at that point, I couldn't get my head through yeah, security. I yeah yeah i can i can see your poor long-suffering wife emma rolling her eyes giving herself some kind of massive migraine before she even gets on the flight poor brenda we not to tell too many family secrets in a public environment but the purpose of this trip we were taking my mother-in-law uh on a short break and a, and it was a big treat for her and all the rest of it and there were we were making sort of family memories for my wife and her and they were doing some amazing things and we've been planning it for a year and a half and all that sort of nonsense but she then looked at me in a completely different way for the first two days of this five-day trip with somebody knew who you were <laughs> <laughs> so that helped a lot it was very funny, but um, yeah. So I'm just telling you that from a uh, from a yeah. You'd appreciate because I was just like bouncing on air. Well, I've I've got. I bet you were. I bet you were. How about this? I've got a weird one for you. This happened this week. Lady came in. She brought. Um, we valued a load of diamond rings and gold and silver and bits and bobs, and then we discussed the process as we do and said right. So and she said, well, when's the auction going to be? Oh, it's going to be at the end of the month. It's going to be at this time. And uh, she was sat there with her husband, who, God bless him, said very little for the hour and 20 minutes that we were going through all of this. So we described the process. So this is all the stuff that's going to go in. I'm looking forward to your reaction to this, Harry. No word of a lie. Husband sat next to him. She said, right, so the auction starts at what time? 10.30. She said, I'll be there at 10 o'clock. I'll be there. She said, you know what? Your auction's better than sex. What? <laughs> And I went, uh, uh, I beg your pardon. And she went, oh, better than sex. And I was like, he sat right there. 
he's right next to you. And he just had his arms folded. He was looking down at the floor. And I looked at him and I thought, oh, mate, this has not gone well for you, has it? Yeah, that was her comment. I mean, that's how good you are, Harry, apparently. Yeah, hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Flattering, obviously. But let's talk about the fact that the two of us auctioneer simultaneously together. There yeah, is no I'm, way I'm, I'm I am. This one. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. God, talk about throwing me under the bus. I know I should share some of this before, you know. And... No, no, you like a live reaction. But honestly, I mean, of all the things that we've been called, described as, or compared to, that's a first. It, it, and only, I suspect. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen very often. I think I think we should have T-shirts made. Well, I mean, I'm all about the merch. I can't imagine we'll sell <laughs> much of it, but I'm all about the merch. That might be considered overselling in the extreme. I'm coming up with a catchphrase for this woman to say, and we can print it on a T-shirt or a mug. I'm loving it. And she's going to be there at the auction as well, so we better keep an oh, eye on Oh, Hang on, I've just... I've got my diary out. Uh, lose 20 stone, have haircut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's very sweet of her. And can you imagine we did all this, obviously, in the office and it was, it's, uh, you know, open plan. I mean, you can imagine the eye rolling from Joanna and Susie. Uh, yeah, I'm not getting involved in that conversation. No. One of, one of those individuals being your good wife. I'm not saying a thing. Tiger's teeth. Yes, no, thank you. Um, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Had a nice lady this week brought me in a beautiful brooch set in gold, a pair of tiger's teeth. Right, so we're not selling those. Lot 42 and then, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, this was a thing back in the time of setting tiger's teeth, trophy hunting. And this is one of those wonderful pitfalls of auctioneering that you can be presented with a weird and strange item and suddenly realise that what you actually have in front of you is 10 years in prison. Yeah. I mean, she was absolutely flabbergasted and a little bit cross, I have to say. And I said, look, no, these are tiger's teeth. This is illegal. Yes, but they're set in gold. Yes, but the tiger doesn't care. Yes, the tiger. The tiger is still quite cross. The tiger was quite happy when they were set in his own jaw. Thanks very yeah, much. Exactly. He didn't ask for an extraction and a gold filling. He was big. No. He was big on using them. No, and he and you know, and he spent the last few years drinking his meals, you know, his antelope through a straw. <laughs> so he's, he's not best bit chuffed with your choice of jewellery, to be honest with you. Uh, so yeah, I thought I'd bring that up. I'm, oh no. You know, not so long ago, even saw a rhino's hoof. That was very disturbing indeed. So we've had a bit of that this week. Unfortunately, unfortunately, these things from another era are hauntingly tough to uh, deal with now. It's not transferable, is it? No, it, there's no way. I mean, there's no point falling out with anybody about it. But by the same token, it, it's just very awkward. And people don't necessarily understand. Now... During the last um, however many days it is, we have had an auction down at Lime Bay Auctions. And um, we're over the course of this podcast, we're going to bring you some of the uh, recording uh, recorded minutes of that. Uh, we tried to record Windsor Auctions uh, sale, uh, but as we mentioned in a previous podcast, for half of that, we didn't seem to have any internet. So that sort of 
wipe that out. <laughs> but Lime Bay Auctions had a, a, had a really busy and fun sale. A very, a full room, yeah. but a room of people who were determined not to interact or talk. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We um, uh, Windsor um, cannot shut them up. They all want to get involved. They all want to <laughs> chat. Yeah. The difference uh, is marked, is it not? It certainly is. I mean, there are times that you can literally hear a pin drop and you would not know that there are 80 people sat out there in the audience. It's quite incredible. Yeah, it's, it's weird, isn't it? It's weird. In any case, so we're going to chat over the course of this auction because we did say when we started the podcast that we would sort of show what goes on. Um, yeah. Previous, previous podcast, Simon, haven't we? We've uh, talked about the, uh, we showed the RNLI auction, which was a little charity thing we did. Um, and that was great fun. But I think we've talked about um, rhinoceroses and tigers. There is one elephant in the room that obviously we need to get rid of um, because... For several podcasts, and in my life, dear listener, day after day after day for weeks. I don't know what you're talking about. Simon's been busy talking about... Five litre V8. Lot 85, which was a... Remind me? Mm, could you be referring to the beautiful Mustang? What happened to that? Didn't sell. Sometimes a bit of... It didn't sell. Okay, let's just go with that. I thought you'd dress it up in a humorous fashion, but no, you've gone with didn't sell, don't want to talk about it. No. <laughs> a, little bit, a little bit cross about it, if I'm honest. A little bit cross. It is unfortunate when things don't sell. Um, but um, viewing this through rose-tinted glasses, the amusement for me that it didn't sell, as we keep talking about how competitive the two of us are with our various <laughs> sales... It was quite amusing because, and Simon disagrees with me about this, um, he told me off quite a lot at the beginning of that auction oh. because he didn't feel I was paying attention. <laughs> well, you um, I, well, I'm not sure that I wasn't, but I can't disagree with you because you were, you did tell me off and say, come on, buck your game up. So obviously, I don't know, I must have turned up in a very funny mood, but there you go. Simon has banged on about it all week, so, so could somebody buy it for him? Please. Because it's his dream car. I love it. <sighs> Let's go. Can I keep himself <sighs> No, he doesn't want to buy it himself. He wants What's you to buy it for him. I think you're missing the point. Yeah. Right, here we go. This is the 2015 Ford Mustang. It's the 5-litre V8 GT manual fastback, and it's in the shadow black. It comes with black and saddle, full leather interior. It has only 2,550 miles. It's got the full stop. It's got the full Roosh body kit. Please don't. Twenty inch Falcon wheels. It's had over seven thousand pounds worth of customization. Only ever dry miles and always garaged. It's got twenty inch Velgen bronze alloy wheels with new tires. It's got the Brembo brakes with brakes with the red calipers. It's got a key free system. It's got the touch screen color display. More importantly, please note there is zero percent commission whilst bidding. Directly with Lime Bay Auctions, please note that if you're bidding online, there will be a platform fee of 4.95% plus VAT. And we are starting or looking for £35,000. If you all put a grand in, you can buy it for Simon. 35000 Madam, don't laugh. I don't. He's going to kill me, literally kill me. 35000 30 then. 
£30,000. Any interest at £30,000. I will not be going less than £30,000 for Simon's dream car. As an aside, I thought his wife Susie had appeared to our right because she thought of something for his Christmas present. Apparently not. £30,000. Any interest? No. And we are moving on. That was quite fun. <laughs> I, how was that fun? How was oh, that? Come on. That was so, come on. I think it did sell. I think right. it did sell. And I think my beautiful wife has bought it for me. I don't even need a bow on it for Christmas. I, it doesn't, the bow, I don't really want it touching the paintwork. I'm excited about it, I've got to say. I'm excited. I'm pretty confident. She's bought me that Mustang for Christmas. And I tell you what, I am counting down the days to Christmas. Me, Charlie and Max, we are very excited about our Mustang for Christmas. And I'll be talking about it a lot. Excellent. Um, however, what did sell, which you'd mentioned in the podcast before, was the Dieter Rams furniture, which you'd waxed lyrical about. It did. There were several sets, weren't there? Yeah, and they're going back to Germany. And Dieter Rams, as we said, was a, 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 very, a very famous, great forerunner of environmental furniture manufacture, um, German and has uh, these items are going back to Germany. Um, and we believe uh, one of the purchasers possibly works or had worked in the factories where Dieter Rams built his furniture. So that's quite exciting. That is really cool. So they're actually heading home, these absolutely beautiful bits of furniture. I mean, they, they really are stylish and iconic. Um, and reading about him, and I think we mentioned before, Dieter Rams also spelt out the 10 things or the 10 golden rules of design. And one of those rules of design is that an item shouldn't be fashionable. Did you get that? Shouldn't be fashionable. Really? Yeah. And this right. proves it because if you look, these sofas were bought by a family 20 years ago. They weren't necessarily fashionable then. They're not necessarily fashionable now, but they're still in high demand because they meet all the other criteria of functionality, good quality, usability, and all those other things. So they're not a moment in time, you know, like the, the miniskirt in the 60s. They are something that design should live forever shouldn't simply be fashionable at one point in time because then those items become obsolete. He created items that are just as saleable in 2022 as they were in 1990. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it's very interesting. What a good way of looking at life. And what a fabulous way to think about it in terms of fashion. Yeah, it shouldn't absolutely. be fashionable. It should yeah, be yeah. something that can transcend decades and decades because that is sustainable manufacture. Fashion is not. And that's a word from our green sponsor, dear listener. <laughs> Simon, I'm loving that, I'm loving that. In this podcast, Harry, I've got the rainforest, I've got the tigers, I've got the rhinos, I'm on their side. I've got it all covered. Thank God for that. Uh, right, lot number 219 is the rather fabulous Dieter Rams uh, chair programme, two-seater sofa, an armchair in brown leather, 
and with black arms and base, etc, etc, etc. Really lovely thing. Start the bidding at £4,000. £4,000. £4,000. £3,000. £1,500 to get it going then. £1,500 we bid. £1,600, £1,700, £1,900, at 1900 an absolute design classic here at 1900 and we're looking for 2000 2000 2100 at 2100 and we're looking for 2200 at £2,100, we're looking for 2200 2223 at 2,300, Dieter Rams, designer famed for he was the first to start considering the environmental impact of designing furniture on the planet. He was a forerunner, environmentalist and designer. At 2,300, selling that way, 2,071. Uh, lot number 220, some more Dieter Rams forerunning ecologically sound designer start the bidding at 1500 pounds then 1500 we bid at 1500 and we're looking for 1600 1500 i have and i'm looking for 1600 1500 i have and i'm looking for 1600 and i'm selling for 1500 pounds now tell me you did have in your sale i picked out a few things um in the catalog just for interest sake there was a section and I believe they all belong to the same client of um, wrought iron items. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. So, what? Tell me about those. What, what happened with those? What was the story? They all. I think quite a lot of them sold. Actually, they were quite interesting pieces. They were really interesting pieces. Every piece was handmade in a forge. I believe originally up near Gatwick, up your way. The gentleman who was the forger. Blacksmith. Oh, good grief. What is wrong with me? Of course, blacksmith. Well done, Harry. I'll tell you what, we'd be no good on one of those quizzes on the telly. Brought all his stock with him, moved down to Devon and sold his forge and his business, but brought all of his excess stock with him. Put it in a barn, the barn half collapsed, brought a load of it to us and said, just do the best you can. Uh, I have no idea how well these would sell. Um, we had wrought iron dog beds. We had candelabras. We had chandeliers. All of them beautifully made. And they did pretty darn well. And when I say pretty darn, I, I, I mean the blacksmith. He was, he was chuffed. He was really pleased with what these items fetched. And I said to him, we'll do our very best for you, my friend. But I have no idea how well. We've not tried selling unique ironmongery, uh, interesting items before. But yeah, they did well, didn't they? We were pleased. Yeah, they were, and they were cool. It's nice. Oh, they were very I always, cool. I always like to auction, as you know, uh, we've worked together for such a long time, is that I like to auction things I've not auctioned before. Absolutely. And all of these were unique, handcrafted items. And don't get me wrong, I think our customers got a really good deal as well. But, you know, he literally said, I can't, I can't house this stuff anymore. I've got nowhere to put it. So anything you can get me for it. And actually, they did pretty well. So I believe we've got some more of that coming, by the way. Oh, that's cool. Excellent. Um, now, 
individual an individual lot that did well yes uh was the uh world war one medal group ah oh, i was so pleased with that lot 90 if, lot you, if 90. people want to look if you go on to um website our website uh the line bay auctions website uh you can look at past catalogs so just for a bit of interest if you want to reference things back i'm giving you the lot numbers as well so that's lot 90 and these were these trio of medals from world war one but then the medal for long service and and doing a really good job basically <laughs> but as the stoker on and it was inscribed around the outside for HMS Victory. What did they make, Harry? I can't remember. Tell me. Uh, they made uh, five hundred and forty pounds. Five hundred. Now I'd put them in a hundred to two hundred, which the client, who was a family member, would have been very happy with. Um, but you know, again, not a you, member of your, not a member of your family, a member not of, a the, member medal of yeah. the medal owners' family. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they made 540 quid, which just again shows the power of the internet, shows the power of the internet to find the collectors around the world that really do appreciate such a rare and prestigious set, set of medals. And I've no doubt that wherever they're going, they will be treated with great reverence, they'll be um, looked after, there'll be research done into this individual. So yeah, it's just a nice moment, isn't it? They're putting the money aside, it's nice yeah. to know. Yeah, 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 I agree. That these medals will live on and that they fetched, you know, the fact that they fetched a good price, put the money aside, shows the appreciation that's still there for people, uh, men, women who did those amazing jobs back there in the war so just a really just a nice feeling that one don't you think harry yeah yeah no i agree lot number 90 is the world war one medals military awarded to 279796ec pull in uh he's a stoker i believe isn't he in the royal navy uh and then you've got ec pull in who's another stola stoker pardon me on hms victory Start there. I'm looking for 300 pounds. Got multiple bids. I need 300. 300 on David's phone. At 300, we're looking for 320. At 300 on David's phone. 300 I have on the phone. I'm looking 320. 40. 340 on David's phone. 360. 380, please, David. At 380 on David's phone. 400. 420. 420. 420, 440, 460, David. 460 on David's phone. 480 we need for this rather special set of medals. We're on David's phone at 400, 480, 500. At 500, we need 550. Yeah, we'll look at 520. 500 on David's phone, 520, 520, 540. 540. On David's phone at 5.40. Online, 5.60 we need. Final few seconds online, we're at 540 pounds. That makes sense with the comms. And we are selling to David's phone at 5.40. And going back to you talking about the internet and bringing in the right bidders for something, you can tell, uh, our dear listener, that as... Um, this is Simon's catalogue and he curated this. I'm pretty much steering him through it. But there was a very large section of um, Matchbox 
uh, die-cast vehicles. Now, unlike previous sales, we did have bidders who'd made the journey, because this is an outstanding collection again, who were in the room Mm -hmm. um, because they felt that they would needed to be on site and to and to bid that way. But they did very well. I mean, there were we had an awful lot of them. They were very successful. They were amazing. And we had several uh, bidders, as you quite rightly say, Harry, who were in the room, who had travelled significant distances just to be there and and get their hands, not necessarily on everything they wanted because they were often outbid, but they came away with some fabulous lots. Quick story you don't know about that, Harry, um, which did make me laugh, is... One bidder, who will obviously remain nameless, um, who bid in the room. He then, when he'd finished bidding, popped down, uh, went to the front desk. He'd spent a significant amount of money and he paid. I've never seen this before. He paid the team in the office in cash, which is fine. Every single one of them, a five pound note. So he's the reason that the Bank of England had to issue a warning all those months ago saying we yeah. can't find where all the fivers are. Yeah. And do you know why? So fortunately, no, tell me. one of the staff, one of the team in the office Careful. said, yeah, exactly. We're still on a, we're still on a warning for we're how still we on a describe people in the office. <laughs> uh, the team, the super, super team in the office, all, all look at each other and go, why are we counting literally thousands of pounds worth of fivers and you know what he said no i hide the fivers because the wife doesn't miss those if i try and hide the tenors or the twenties she cottons on pretty quick oh (laughs) oh dear yeah so every time every time he gets a fiver in his change he spirits that away into a little hoard so that he can go and buy and i kid you not just matchbox toys. Now, clearly, gentleman said wife thinks that collecting little matchbox toys not the best way to invest your money. I'm not sure that he's not onto something, quite frankly. But yeah, it was literally a secret purchase and he'd been squirreling away the fibers from the change whenever they go out because apparently the wife doesn't miss the fibers. I can't believe that. <laughs> Uh, to be fair, to be fair, I, I, I can't get my head around that. But to be fair, she should be uh, impressed with him because he was bid up all the way and he's probably buying things that are an actual, actually an investment. Oh, yeah. Long term, I think there's no doubt he's, he's a smart guy. He's clearly not been able to convince Mrs. Collector that it's such a great idea. But yeah, I thought, I thought that was fun. Now... Something else in your catalogue, just cutting across you again. Uh, so those Matchbox toys were later in the auction, but Lot 104. Now, for the past, I think it's probably a year now, you have been disposing of a huge, I mean, a monumental collection of artefacts, metal detecting finds, predominantly, there's a lot of Roman, Saxon. Roman, Saxon, yeah. Yeah, um, so yeah. there were some lovely, a uh, couple of months ago, Egyptian items. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet again, um, this is all belongs to one person, is my understanding. Is that right? It is. Yeah, it is. It's a deceased estate. We knew the gentleman. Um, you, you've met, you met him. He used to come to our auctions. Don't get me wrong, he didn't buy any of this sort of stuff through our auctions, but he, 
he did buy some nice furniture and bits and bobs. But yeah, I mean, this is a really good example of we have limited, and I mean very limited knowledge of Roman artifacts. None of us have done the 10 year course, um, but we are able to use, again, the power of the internet to catalog these items and by using words like metal detecting finds, Roman, antiquities, um, ancient. These are words that are picked up from people who are looking for these types of items. Now, as, as you will attest, Harry, our descriptions are not brilliant with these because we don't know what a lot of them are. We do as much research as we're able to do in the time allowed. We're talking about large groups of very small items. Yes, yes, yes. We're yes. not talking about like, so in my, I've got, in an upcoming auction for me, I've got a Roman flagon. I know it's a Roman flagon. I know exactly how it is. It always amazes me. This thing will make between about 120 and 160 pounds. If I lasted since Roman times, an <laughs> intact flagon, I'd be damned annoyed if I didn't make more than 150 quid. But there you go, that aside. But these were much smaller, you know, half amulets and bits and pieces and all that sort of stuff, weren't they? So, yeah, it is tricky. And they are as, so, you know, we're very lucky in that quite often if somebody travels to pick these items up, in other words, we don't ship them to them, we can often grab them. And often these types of, very learned people where this sort of subject matter is concerned they're often very charming and very lovely and happy to share a bit of their uh knowledge and quite often we have found over the past year with these groups whilst we have done a good job at pairing the right sort of genre of items the right sort of age of items together in a collection what we're not able to do is actually necessarily pick out which are the fakes and which are the genuine real McCoys? Because it's been made clear to us that some of them aren't necessarily the real McCoys, but some of them most certainly are. And therefore, with the power of the internet, getting the right photography of these lots, which is one thing we do do quite well. Well done, Daniel, our photographer, is yeah. take very good detailed uh, photographs, they're well lit, they cover every angle and the people are able to use those photographs to ascertain what is a good lot and what within a good lot are the really good items and therefore bid accordingly. And so, and again, gosh, it's a good job you've got such a good memory, Harry. 104, how well did that one do? Uh, that, well, we had many lots in this auction, but that made over a thousand pounds. Over a thousand pounds for what? Probably a dozen or so pieces. Yeah. Less than 20, I would say small pieces. Less than yeah. 20. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But again, it is quite amazing and it's, it's, it's fun to do. And again, it's a learning process for all of us to then try and deepen our knowledge in this subject by finding out what specifically because it won't be all of those pieces it'll probably be one two or three at most that are the really interesting items within that lot but again using the internet correctly it does its job which was just great and good fun wasn't it uh, lot number 104 is a collection of artifacts some uh, metal detecting finds possibly roman etc zoomorphic 
fibula, ring money, etc. £150. £150 we bid. 60, 70, 80, 90, 200, and 40, 60, 80, 300. At 340, 80, 400, 420, 460. At 4, 500, now 550, 600, 700, 800. At 800, looking for 850, 900, now 1,000. At 1,000 pounds. And we're looking for 1,100 at 1,000 pounds online. Daniel's phone is not playing. We're at 1,000 pounds and we're selling that way. Fair warning. Oh, it's a lovely day on the rostrum, even though people were a bit quiet. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we're going to nudge them in the future. We're going to try and get Windsor to shut up and you're not to start talking. <laughs> <laughs> Don't upset the Windsor crowd. I've already upset the Branscombe crowd. Don't well, that's what I was going to ask you about. So in previous episodes of this podcast, um, you were slightly, um, well, I would suggest disparaging, but I think that's too strong a word. But you did poke a bit of fun at some gold hunters in Branscombe, a village near yeah. yourself. Yeah. Um, how's that panned out for you since they've worked out how to listen to a podcast? I see what you did with that, with the panned out. Very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very good. A stage, a comedy set at the O2 awaits, I'm sure. Um, well, what I'm, lo what I'm loving about this is, we, uh, David, we've been recording for 34 minutes and I've been working on that like, one word for 32 brilliant. of those. Absolutely <laughs> brilliant. Panning. Um, it would seem that um, my dear friends in Branscombe, who did the panning for gold, who I rather naively thought at their age, wouldn't listen to a podcast, actually did. And they were not very impressed. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And the uh, the leader of, of that gang, um, who I may have given the name Chris, because that's his name, uh, Chris, yeah. he came to see me. Oh, yeah, you actually had a visitation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of annoyed Branscombe Panners. Yeah, he was, he, he was cross. And... Um, I may have may have had to apologise, and uh, he said, um, "I don't appreciate you poking fun at my friends and I panning for gold in a river where we didn't find any gold." So I'd like to publicly, Chris, apologise uh, for any any hurt that I may have caused, and I think you should continue. Throughout the winter months, panning for gold in your stream. And good luck. Good luck to you all. Um, I mean, Chris. Crazy bunch of Chris, ones. you gold panner, um, you are very lucky because Simon is that hands out apologies on a very limited basis. I mean, we've patched it up now. We're, we're friends. Just like his erstwhile colleague. <laughs> it's not our forte. <laughs> we, we, I just couldn't believe it because he came in and said, I, I'm, not happy with, I'm not happy with you. I'm not happy with you, boy. I'm not happy with you. I said, okay, bro, I've been called boy, so now I know I'm in trouble. Yeah, I listened to that podcast. I went, how? I had to, <laughs> yeah. I had to get my 10-year-old son to work my phone to try and listen to my own podcast to see what it was like and then obviously didn't do it again. Um, but how on earth did... But yeah, he did. Yeah. That'll, that'll learn me. 
that'll learn you so last um last little bit for today um because your kids want to be able to run around and make some noise um quick boxing update what oh crap uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i would suggest when you and i have done a recording and i've suggested you go boxing white collar boxing yes Yes, yeah. That yeah. one of the things I would do over the next week before the episode comes out is probably update your nearest and dearest to say, oh, this is in the offing. What do you think? Not leave it <laughs> for your wife to find out that you might be going boxing in the podcast because she listens just to check what we've been talking about. Yeah, but that's why she listens, to find out what we're up to. Uh, yeah, I then walk through the office door when I'm down in Devon, to be greeted with, not on your Nelly, or words to that effect, because we try and keep the swearing to mm. a minimum on this podcast. It's not happening. He's not boxing. Well, that's why I didn't tell her, you fool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Have we had any update? Is it is it possible that that's going to change? What, from management? Is um, she going to crack, or is she going to let you go? She hasn't spoken to me about it. I mean, I'm happy to do it. As you know, I um, think I think what we'll do, perhaps you could ask her, is let's get her on. No, the no, podcast. I'm frightened of her. I don't want to ask her. You ask. Her. No, let's get her on the podcast. Okay. Next week, and I'll ask her directly. So that why is it? Why is it you're trying to get me beaten up on so many fronts? I mean, if it's not bad enough to throw me in a ring, I, you know, I'm more scared about this podcast coming up and you asking her that question than I am getting in a ring with some. 30 stone lunatic that wants to tear my ears off. I think I'd rather go that route if it's all the same. <laughs> okay, we'll do that. And the one chip challenge, you've, you're going for that as well. I don't know what it is. Just say you're going for it. <laughs> Why am I? <laughs> what is it? Excellent. I'll order that. One chip. One chip oh. challenge. Get your Google out, mate. Yeah, fine. Yeah, we'll do it. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Yeah. All right, mate. And, and by the way, by the way, just before you go, um, I um, met, saw my personal trainer this week, Elena. Shout out to Elena, who's looking after me in the gym, who yet again decided to say, oh, listen to one of your podcasts. Harry's very, very funny. We'll end it on that note. I'm very worried about the underlying current of your comments and anecdotes during this episode. I can't help but feel that something's going to go badly wrong in my time. Because we've both been described as better than sex and the, your personal trainer thinks I'm funny. The world's upside down. Oh, fair. You're going to break my heart. I can feel it coming. <laughs> All right, mate. I'll see you next week. See you next week. Take care, buddy. Cheers, pal. Bye. Bye.